Yeah. What is, uh, uh, yeah. Hi, this is Gig Tales podcast. Hi, welcome to Gig Tales, the podcast. Welcome back. We are uh, remote uh, recording here. Um, we no are, following the rules. We are. We are socially distancing from one another. Um, although we're still being pretty, so I feel like it should be called like physical distancing. Did you? I was actually, are you fucking kidding me? I was. <laughs> about to say i read an article today that said the who doesn't want you to call it social distancing they want you to call it physically distancing it that's that's i didn't see that but that's what it should be because we're not it like the socially distant distancing thing makes it sound like we have no social contact and i feel like then people are getting like depressed and that's like horrible like we can still be social virtually and yeah yeah and a lot of people are yeah I don't know about you, but for me, I actually, and I know probably a lot of my friends who are listening to this, none of them are though, I bet. Um, I haven't been joining like video conferencing and stuff because for me, that's just been, I know everyone says like, oh, video conference, chat with your friends. But for me, that's act, that actually makes me feel worse. Mm. And that's just me. I'm not saying don't do it, but like, I feel like it's acknowledging the situation almost it's like giving into it or something yeah Yeah, so yeah I understand that I I think I I yeah I think it's like using it sparingly because I think it can get like we've had a couple we had a couple like family um we had a couple birthdays it was Tom's birthday it was my birthday it was my brother's and we had like uh, some cousins we it's a lot of April birthdays in my family um and then you know with Easter and everything we had a couple like bigger family just like hey everyone log in and say like happy birthday or happy Easter or whatever and like it just gets Mm -hmm. to a point where the first couple minutes is like everyone trying to figure out the technical difficulties and it's just like you know my dad is I can see and hear them but he's on the phone with like my grandfather trying to like tell him how to log in and he (laughs) like can't remember his gmail password and it's like this whole thing so once everyone finally gets like settled then it's good for like a few minutes and then it just gets to that awkward point where everyone's like so and then like two people try so. to talk at once and it's it's just like i don't know we've been doing um which is, it's which, hard enough when there's two people and as we just <laughs> just yeah, we did that on purpose. for all of you you're, yes, welcome. you're welcome that's planned yeah, I, uh, yeah, it's hard enough to figure out when it's your turn to talk when you're on this and you're like, duh, duh, you yeah. miss that. You get these physical cues in person that, you know, like it's not time. It's not time. It's time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the energy or something. But mm. I think we've been doing some like uh, virtual game nights, which is cool. There's like this online game mm. platform we've been using. So yeah. I, I find that to Jackbox? be. Yeah. Yeah. Jackbox. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's what we use too. Yeah. I find those to be fun because there's like a like a thing you're doing and you're not even necessarily like talking to the other people you're like laughing and you can make comments and stuff but you have like mm-hmm. a thing you're all engaging in so mm-hmm. i actually saw an article that was saying that there are escape rooms that are doing like virtual somehow doing their thing virtually i didn't really read oh, into it but oh, is, that, that, is cool. that what this is are we in one right now <laughs> This is a, we are. a virtual escape room. Yes. Got it. You have uh, turned on Gigtails podcast and you cannot get out until you solve seven riddles and unlock 18 locks. So um, have fun with that. <laughs> you might be trying to solve the riddle of what is this podcast about? And I think 
we don't even know anymore. So we our goal is yeah. to talk about things that happen, tales of live performances and of all different kinds. But now there are no live performances that are happening. So we have no uh, it, yeah, live it's feed. Not in the- not in the traditional sense of a live performance, but sure, sure, sure. There's been a lot of like stream streaming um, performances, mm-hmm. like Lady Gaga did hers. What was that last weekend? Oh. I think. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> I believe so. And all kinds of celebrities joined in on that. Elton John, her, I think REM was on it like all kind yeah 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 there have been uh I've, I've i've enjoyed i've enjoyed those i think yesterday i didn't see it did you see um my dad was telling me that ringo and paul were doing some sort of like yellow submarine sing-along situation on youtube no. okay I, I know i should have texted you this and then we could have talked about it but we'll, maybe we'll do it we'll talk about it next time I guess I have to go and watch it, but he said like it was a sing-along thing. So people, I don't know, like a live thing and people were like commenting and my dad was like, I commented. I commented like I was singing and I felt like, okay. He was like really excited that he was like just con- conversing with Ringo and Paul. Like with on Ringo. Internet. Yeah. yeah. That, so. you have to admit that shit must be fucking wild for boomers. Like, oh shit, I sent fucking Ringo a message yeah. and I know it yeah i mean it's legit though like you know they're seeing a million things scroll across the screen but they could have seen your yeah yeah so um karen kilgariff saw my tweet once and she responded to it she did we we both the highlight of my life yeah Yeah. it was yes yes (laughs) um i got it yeah so I mean, even that. So um, Karen Kilgare from the My Favorite Murder podcast, which is uh, one of our faves, um, mm-hmm. I, I read something today. Like I, I should have. You should tweet. You should tweet it at Karen because it was like that. There have been um, the number of murders in Miami has like gone down. Uh, there have been like no murders for like fifty four days or something ridiculous in Miami Holy for the shit. first time since like. 1946 i'm making up all of those numbers but like something crazy like that and i was like oh my god my yeah. favorite murder is not gonna have any murders to talk about if this goes on long enough which hey, is a I great keep telling problem everyone this is affecting all of our careers you all think you're you are not you are not. you are not you are not pandemic proof my friends your pod mm-hmm. is not pandemic proof unless uh, you're a plumber yeah I'd assume they're getting more business right now based on what's going on at the grocery stores and with paper. That's just my guess. Probably. Is that, yeah, we're at a deficit of plumbers. So get into plumbing. Yeah. I mean, really any trade kids do something with your hands. Oh, Ew, not that. Or oh, put your hands away. Or play an instrument. So um, we have been relegated to, as Terry mentioned, virtual gigs and things, but also the onslaught of like music themed television that, you know, we're typically trying to avoid except, you know, my obsession with Songland, which is back. Um, and another excellent episode last week that's on, on, on Monday nights. Um, it's that they're, yeah, the songs are just so freaking good and it's so cool still to see the writers. <clears throat> and it was interesting because the, artist this last week was Louis Fonzi and he is 
you know, mainly a, a Latin artist like Despacito and some of the writers. Oh, really? Yeah, it was interesting to see like some of the writers come in and like they don't, you know, they don't know Spanish. They haven't incorporated any Spanish. Some of them are, you know, bilingual and they've written Spanish into the songs. And then like the Shane McAnally, who's a um, one of the top country writers who's on the show as kind of a one of the producers. Um, mm-hmm. He ends up, you know, getting this this writer to work with to produce the song out further and neither of them know any spanish so they're like in google translate like looking up terms and then like facetiming lewis being like does this is this a thing like does this does this make sense is this real spanish Wait, so they're working on writing a song together yeah so the three so three amateur writers come in I... or well four technically at the, at the beginning so there's there are three um like well-known top producers um, mm-hmm. Ryan Tedder, Shay McAnally, and Esther Dean, who all come from kind of different genres, but they're all very genres. genres. They're very well known and highly regarded. So, and then there's a, a the each week there's a, an artist, so a guest artist. Mm-hmm. So it was um, we had Lady Antebellum last week, and then Louis Fonzi this past episode. Um, <clears throat> so the are the amateur writers or the like new writers are. Um, bringing songs to pitch to the art, the featured artist. And then mm-hmm. they go from four mm-hmm. down to three. And then each amateur writer is, um, and I, I don't like, I don't know why I'm using the word amateur. It doesn't sound like the right word, but you know what I mean? Unknown, undiscovered. Undiscovered. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Um, they get paired each with a producer. So one of them goes with Ryan, one goes with Esther, one goes with Shane, and they work on producing out the song and really like tailoring it for the guest artist. Cause a lot of times okay. like say the, the writer was like, is a like, female. So the song sounds like it's very much from a female perspective, but the artist is going to be a male and they want to change some of the messaging or, you know, whatever it's a ballad. Mm-hmm. They want it to be more mid tempo, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So you get to see like the process of them rewriting and producing the song. And then they come back, they each perform their newly crafted song for the guest artist who ultimately chooses one to put on their album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Oh, they do. They put it on their album. They do. Yeah. They record it. And it's usually um, released like on Spotify, at least like the very next day. I think it comes out like the, Ooh. with the actual artist. Yeah. Yeah. Tom's um, off to go write the hit song <laughs> along with his principles. Hello to my principles. Um, so yeah, so Songland is back. I've been raving about it now since the last season, but I still highly support it. Um, but what else is what else are we watching, uh, Terry? You know, you know exactly what else we've been watching. I am now okay. So we had talked about the Bachelor spinoff, Listen to Your Heart, and we started watching it, mm-hmm. and. This week, I thought I was not going to be able to get, I w- thought I was not going to be able to watch it in real time. Right. Because when I asked Sean if we could turn it on at eight, I believe his response was, ugh. <laughs> and you knew he wasn't mocking you because he doesn't listen to this podcast. So he, he wasn't doing, he wasn't doing your, ugh, ugh. He, he thinks it I was... am at the Rotary Club when I'm recording <laughs> this podcast. Um, he has no idea. So I at first thought it's not going to happen. And then finally he agreed. I forget how he agreed. I forget. It was, he was- you, you had to, cause now this is also spawned to, now we have a group text message yeah. with our friends, Kelly and Maggie, who are also watching. So I believe in the text chain, you said 
you like there was a bargain you had to watch one episode of something else and yeah, then what was it? oh it was some some like hbo like talk show oh type yeah of yeah that. yeah oh well it was i mean it's something i'd watch anyway it was john oliver but yeah. he was like i like to save that stuff and he was like if we can watch john oliver first we can watch that i was like sure <laughs> no problem i can get down with that that deal some solid domestic bargaining i'm sh- like yeah. that's pretty good yeah. I mean, why aren't we married? We're so good at it. Yeah, Sean. Um, yeah, Sean. I'm yelling because I think he might be <laughs> in the house, not because I think he's going to listen to the podcast. Right. Um, so he he was like that, like soothed it. He was like, okay, then fine. And he had his like switch so he could play. But once it was on, he was fully 1000% more invested in it. I think even more than I was. Like <laughs> I can I can get I can also relay that Tom yells at the TV during it more than I do. Yeah. Like I I want to do those like response videos where you video someone watching something cuz his commentary is now my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. so good. Yeah. So to catch up this week um more actors, oops, I mean single people, were brought into the house. There's no thing with it. I don't, I do not believe that this is not scripted. I, I just don't. Like, no, there's no way it's not. I mean, it's 100%. Like, so there is a blog. Okay, so um, uh, our friend Sarah, Sarah, you are, you are probably listening. So thank you for that. Uh, Greg will send you the mini muffins when he's done. Um, he'll send you what, oh, what's have, left over. <laughs> you can't do that anymore. We got to oh. each give them their own because of the COVID. I know. Well, then it's... someone sponsor us because we can't, you know, we're not making the mini muffin money here on this yeah, pod. We, we need sponsors. We... Yeah. To be able to send to our fans. So Sarah, we'll, we'll get you boo. Once we get a sponsor that can fund our mini muffin Venture. situation. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Sarah turned me on to a podcast, uh, not a podcast, a blog by a girl who was on The Bachelor like years ago, one of like the earlier seasons, I believe. So I just mm-hmm. I recently joined Bachelor Nation. I was not a fan. Mm-mm. My like mom is like through and through. She has a reality TV notebook that sits next like on the table by the where she watches TV and she what? writes down. Oh, yeah everyone she does the voice american idol like the masked singer the bachelor whatever she writes down all the contestants and she makes like her guesses and she crosses people off and she writes down all the stats like she's yeah like i called her to and i asked if she was listening if she was watching listen to your heart and she was like yes let me get my notebook hold on and she like runs over and she's like so so and so who's from tennessee who's 21 and this one from texas and this one's also from texas and did it she has the whole she's like the whole thing um, I'm getting really wrapped up in the ages of them too. I like, know, there's a whole thing. So, so this this blog, you need to check out this blog. It's called All the Pretty Pandas, and um, this girl, um, I don't think she's doing it for Listen to Your Heart. She does it for like the Bachelor um, episodes and stuff. So Sarah turned me on to this because this girl kind of breaks down the episodes, and she will call out like um, where there's overdubbing and stuff where it's obvious that like 
they'll oh. you know the camera will be on two people and they'll be having a conversation but then the camera will just show like one person or it'll show like a weird shot of like the fire pit and you hear someone say something but it yeah. sounds like it's you can kind of tell like it's overdubbed like it's not actually it's from probably another conversation that they had or like when they were in the and they're throwing interview. it into that moment like for yes. conversational build up so stuff like that that she's really good at spotting because she was on the show and saw like how they do it and then certain things in like the interviews like how they kind of push people to say or do or ask certain things so like the producers are like there and they're they're like pushing they're planting ideas they're pushing people to say and do certain things so if you I love that kind of like behind the scenes stuff. So check out that blog. Um so I know she was maybe, following the last season of The Bachelor, but I don't know if she's doing listen to your heart. Maybe that's what I'm currently doing and I just didn't know I could <laughs> yeah. talk about it. But like yeah. so this week in particular, another they brought new people into the house, new women, single women into the house to again like make lopsided the number of men and women. Mm-hmm. The second this new woman showed up and you can, my thing like with reality shows is when they're all like smiling awkwardly as they're having conversations. Like, yeah, so I actually know him. Uh, well, I knew his ex-girlfriend and the people she was talking to were all like, oh, oh, really? I think even the way she came, she came out the gate with that. Like, so this girl walks in and she's like, hi, my name is like, whatever the fuck. And then like almost immediately she's like, oh, is this everyone? And they're like, no, um, a couple of people are on a date. And she, they're like, uh, Trevor. She's like, oh, Trevor from American Idol. It's like, <laughs> yeah, like immediately, like of all the Trevors, like, I, what the fuck? <laughs> How many Trevors are there in America, first of all? It's not like his name is like, I don't know, Clementine. Oh. Like it's like. <laughs> I think there's a guy my mom keeps telling me to listen to this guy there's a guy on the voice I think that's named like thunderstorm or something like what the fuck like if it was oh thunderstorm from the voice like that I would understand but like really Trevor like I mean once this new batch of kids starts going into the workplace everyone who was born I have a theory about um when kids names started getting stupid well, you know how everyone names their kid like Brexley and like Stresbin and stuff like that? Yes. I have a seriously functioning theory on this. It was after on Friends, Rachel had her baby and named her Emma. Mm-hmm. It was such a unique name, but at the same time, not like an uncommon or like fake name. Like everyone was naming their kids like Apple and like Boxtop <laughs> or whatever. So she, <laughs> thank you. You know a couple box tops. You know box yeah. tops from American Idol. Yeah, from American Idol. Oh, that reminds me. I know his ex girlfriend. Yeah. Um, and I think after that, it fueled this fire. Of, well, what like, about the friends? I mean, Chandler, Phoebe. Like those are more interesting names too. Yeah, um, yeah. But I think common. she named her baby that to circa what is that? Two thousand two. I'm telling you, all these eighteen-year-olds. <laughs> Where you start seeing the box tops and frisbits and stuff like that. They're coming. Well, when they're going through names, when Ross and Rachel are trying to name, like think of names and they're coming up with all these crazy, we're having a little baby roof. <laughs> Vito. Yeah. <laughs> Is Vito sounding good to anyone else? Yeah. So that's operating um, quarantine slash I have nothing else to think about child naming theory. Nice. Um, 
so she comes on and you know she starts her whole scripted thing of being surprised uh my number one gripe with this show as you are fully aware is that anytime anyone sings a duet yeah big air quotes big air quotes i cannot use bigger air quotes (laughs) my elbows that way Mm -hmm. Um, no one is ever singing harmony it's just everyone taking turns singing and then singing in unison Mm -hmm. i think the only people who did sing a tad bit of harmony was that last week with the at the jazz club they did like a fever or something and they're both so annoying like both of those people but i was so i was we were in the group text like oh my god oh my god there was a there was a harmony i think it must have been accidental like i don't know it was crazy yeah they actually just didn't know how to sing it and he picked something else to sing so it was by mistake yeah yeah no one and like I haven't seen, I've only seen one of the women use an instrument, and that's the one girl who plays the piano. Mm-hmm. But they just only show the girls singing. The girl, the girl with the purple hair was like holding a guitar once, but she wasn't really like yeah. making any sounds on it. I don't know. This seems, yeah, this seems to be exclusively about singing. Hmm. It's, but the, yet there's not a lot of singing. So when I was to ask, talking to my mom about it, we're like, what? So what's going to happen? Because it appears like, in the next episodes they're like it's almost like a singing competition and there are like judges and shit there's like like jason mraz is there and like jewel like jason mraz jewel jason mraz's hat yeah it is it is there in full force but it's like so now they sing as cup it it, will we'll we'll report back because this is going to (laughs) develop yeah and yeah this is a developing story yeah um and then in the preview it's like they're going to be judged on singing quality technical skill and more like <laughs> what if they want to bone each other or not like how what? can you i don't know i like the whole thing is like it was inspired by watching bradley cooper and lady gaga perform together on stage at whatever award show oh, after yeah. a star is born and the chemistry and the whatever it's like yeah you know like they're not a couple though so like they're actors like right so so maybe you know that whole you're you saying you know they hired a bunch of actors that's literally that's what it was inspired by so hey so can can we talk about the date the epic date on last week's episode i already forget what it was oh (laughs) it was to the most iconic guitar center (laughs) i was fully screaming fully screaming fully screaming when they said that because first of all the conversation went like there are two people who have already like really hooked up and like full disclosure i support them there's no bullshit they seem to really like each other and they're like i like you i like you too let's be a couple Mm -hmm. fucking rock on so they go um the producer or i'm sorry the show is sending us on a date to guitar center which is already such a romantic place for any musician i'm like no 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 (laughs) guitar center is full hell it is it's it's like so it was closed they get there it's like after hours i was like there's probably still someone playing smoke on the water i turned up to 11 like you just can't you can't escape it it's like I will avoid Guitar Center at any at every cost, and it's a, I I do go there. I've got things there. It's yeah. convenient. They're well stocked. 
if yep. it's if I need if I need to I will but I'm not against yep. it but like to be to be all excited and then they're like yeah. this is the most iconic guitar center <laughs> and I'm talking most iconic guitar center the one in fucking LA what what the fuck are you talking about I know there's I don't know. Although now, you know, I'm remembering and I talked about it on this podcast because when I sold my Nord keyboard to buy my new Nord, my last Nord actually came from the Hollywood um, Guitar Center. I wonder if it was that one. <gasps> How gonna, iconic. It's, I didn't know it was so iconic. I'm going to have to look also that up. Now, now someone's going to name their kid Nord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it exists. I'm sure. I don't even know. And then I don't know what the point, like they're in the guitar center after hours and like the girl sits down at the drums and he's like, can you play? And she's like, no. <laughs> and then she just starts like banging drums. Like, okay. If you're any type of like musical, like you can, you could at least just like, I don't know. She, We've all she, sat down, yeah. In a pinch and drummed on the back of a fucking bureau. Right. Like you would have some sense of rhythm or something. She was, yeah. she just like, banged on the drums like she was a three-year-old like I, it was like ugh, you're not it's not cute stop and then they just I don't know he they were like he played a guitar and they're like let's write a song on the spot and then they just were trying to add like lib some weird <sighs> I don't know that was really yeah underwhelming. And again, it was just her singing and him playing the guitar. Yeah. And the so when they get the date cards, they have like all these little plays on plays on words and stuff. And we always joke about how much they say you have to listen to your heart. So then we started saying you have to listen to this, the guitar center of your heart. Listen to, listen to the guitar center of your heart. Iconic uh, guitar center, not just any guitar center. The most iconic guitar center don't want to hear about it yes so i think those are the main highlights what were they no i think those were oh, them. those I were think, them yeah. yeah i think that was it yeah there's just you know lots of weird like swapping there's a couple who we fully like did not even see ever like they showed up at the very at the rose ceremony they show this guy and we're all in our group text like who is that and like he picks his girl and they're all like yeah they're so cute like, such a cute couple we're like okay they they must was, be really a couple because they're probably not dramatic enough for like the show to even show them so they're probably yeah. legit they'll probably they're get probably married and have normal. babies yeah yeah and probably um, they probably I can sing in beautiful harmony and play instruments and do things. So it's um it's Becca and Nord. They're together. <laughs> it is Becca. It's Becca <laughs> and, and something. The current main character looks like if Ivanka Trump were a Kardashian. So we call her Ivanka Kardashian. <laughs> I, I, it is good. Yep. Try and unsee it. Yep. That's what it is. No, you can't. No, that was a brilliant naming, Terry. Really, really yeah. brilliant work there. Yeah. Yep. It was a. Uh, there was a, a hot mess of shit. So I think it should get just better, and we'll be back to because this is what's supplementing uh, our gig, our gigs now. Um. Yeah, these are the things and virtual shows, which is interesting. Craig and Christine actually did a virtual um show. They've been doing like most Saturdays. They've been doing little like 
40 minutes or so live shows the yeah. two of them which is really cool and they did it from warp and weft last night because they're oh, open yeah. for takeout so it was cool to see like them at the um you know on the stage not the venue and it's like oh nostalgic the last last time we played was there with the cat pack and you know the last yeah. time there was anyone that played on that stage live it was the cat pack so it yeah. just feels so, so long ago mm-hmm. yeah i yeah. had a dream i was at a concert oh last night see are you just you're just longing for the days of paying 15 dollars for a beer and listening yeah. to crowds sing on key miraculously aren't you yeah and i'm <laughs> clapping where's the clapping <laughs> oh man so i think there were concerts I was kind of looking forward to going to or a few I don't want to say concerts like lot there's a lot of live music we like to go see in the summer and I just don't think that's gonna happen um yeah yeah we've already had a couple postponed that we were supposed to be seeing during this past like month or so um so we'll see we'll see what happens but I mean you get to balance you know it's people's safety and what's the right thing to do and you know yep We'll get there. Totally. We'll all get there. Uh, we will. This will end someday. Mm-hmm. It will. And until then. And then, until then, <laughs> we, we are just going to have to look to the past. We will. So I did some digging um, and into into historical gig tales here. And I found, um, it's interesting because a lot of the, the people, a lot of our the guests, our friends that have been on that have um, been in bands that have toured. And, you know, just in, in conversations we've talked about on this podcast and off, a big topic is usually whatever the, the transportation situation is, right? So, like, mm-hmm. the tour bus yeah. or the van or, you know, and it gets more glamorous as, you know, the bigger you get. But that whole, like, you know, touring van life is really interesting. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, Tom talked about driving the, the rental on the way to Ohio and all that stuff. So, Oh, my God. I'll I, never forget it. <laughs> the sacks of fries at White Castle. Um, so I, I am looking at a historical story about a very famous mode of transportation between gigs. So we always say we talk about things on stage, off stage, whatever. We can now add between stage. How's that? Okay. Yeah. So this is the story of the starship. Do you know what the starship is? No. Okay. So <laughs> the starship. Like Jefferson, wait, like Jefferson starship, like Jefferson airplane, Jefferson starship. Uh, interesting. I don't know if there's any connection there, but the starship <laughs> is actually an airplane. It's a, it, it was formerly b- before its use here. It was a United Airlines Boeing 720. Um, okay. It was bought by Contemporary Entertainment for $750,000 in the early 70s. And it was, wow. yeah, yeah, it was bought um, by then teen heartthrob Bobby Sherman and his manager <gasps> Ward Sylvester. Oh. oh, okay, through this this enter- their entertainment company, um, they spent two hundred thousand dollars on a redesign of the plane, which was formerly this you know passenger plane, um, and their design goal their their design goal aesthetic was to make it an airborne pleasure dome. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so that's like hashtag design goals. I don't ever want to hear the word pleasure. That is the most (laughs) unsung word to me. I'll say moist and what's the other one that everyone hates? I know. Uh, Whatever, all day, but pleasure. (laughs) It's probably the time 
Irish and I'm not allowed to have any kind of yeah there's probably something deep there with like oh yeah yeah we'll we'll save that for therapy therapy yeah we'll save it um so the plane um it actually from that point it really it only flew this guys for about four years um after the the redesign but it was in the service of rock and pop legends like led zeppelin the rolling stones deep purple the almond brothers the bgs elton john peter frampton and alice cooper holy shit yeah so some big names because um the starship you could lease it but it was two thousand five hundred dollars per flight hour so twenty five hundred bucks per flight hour to lease it um in the redesign so things that they did they reduced the seating to 40 so the plane could hold 40 passengers um but that was in order to make room for a drawing room with a fake fireplace thank god it was fake Thank God. No, no, no. We want a real one. <laughs> um, there was a 30-foot brass-trimmed bar with a built-in electric organ. Right? And then Fair. a 30-foot-long couch that ran along the right side of the plane opposite the bar. Um, there were revolving armchairs, um, a now, you know, prehistoric cassette and video system that was just stocked oh with, like, God. tons of movies, which was really exciting back then. Um, at the back of the plane, there were two rooms. So one had like a low couch with throw pillows around, and that was used as kind of like a private lounge. And then the other was like a plush bedroom with a king size bed and a shower. And this is a, I'm sorry, this is a 720? This is, yes. Which I think I had read, I don't think I included it in my notes here, but I think that was like a discontinued like model or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Nate, now, Nate, uh, Nate, tell us because. Um, tom's brother nate he he um he will know he's our plane guy (laughs) um i'm so interested in like planes and plane sizes because i the biggest plane i've ever been on was and i don't like full disclosure i don't know but like when i think of like a 720 or like a 747 i I don't know i think of them as being the typical like passenger jet that you get on but maybe it's bigger because i've been on one of the double decker ones before okay yeah, no, I think it is like that because, it, you know, it was used by United Airlines. I think it was a typical, like similar to wow. what we would get on. But they just like they gutted it, the whole inside, and then they put all this shit in it. Crazy. Yeah, including wow. a bedroom and a shower. So there are there are some pictures of it. So I can post some pictures yeah. um, on our social media. I'll do that. Um, it was staffed with two, typically two, stu- two very discreet stewardesses. Um, one is, uh, the legend says her name was Susie. She was described as a pretty 18 year old blonde. And then there was Bianca, who was a fun loving brunette, 22 year old. Of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so when each band had it, they would have it typically for like a tour. And they would have it painted to reflect their branding. So when the Rolling Stones had it, it had their iconic lips logo on the side led zeppelin actually used it for two tours so they had two different paint jobs for each one for each tour um Mm -hmm. while alice cooper had it he had it done with the tail um had snakes that twisted into gigantic dollar signs on it and like when i think of led i think of led zeppelin in that classic picture of them standing in front of the plane that says led zeppelin that's it that's it that is it so i never even realized yeah so we'll get there so um apparently okay so on the alice cooper tour some fun things uh fun air quotes again uh the tour manager would use the plane's pa to announce the daily quote ball scores 
which was a name-naming account of the previous evening's sexual indiscretions. Yeah. Right? Gross. Um, The first time the Almond Brothers boarded, they were greeted with welcome Almond Brothers rendered in lines of cocaine on the bar. (laughs) That's that's wasteful. I'm sure they didn't waste it. Uh, um, uh, Robert Plant he commented once that his favorite memory of the plane was oral sex during turbulence have you read Hammer of the Gods no uh, it's like the unofficial Led Zeppelin biography okay. of the and I recommend it, it it's, that, it's that it's like a hundred thousand stories of that of <sighs> people like they the shit they did was just unbelievable unbelievable i read um i did a a graduate project in college on a led zeppelin song on like an analysis um and i read a i forget the name of it but it was a book about like their writing process and like that kind of stuff which was really cool how they recorded and how they wrote which was interesting i'll have to dig that out um what was your analysis about it was it was like a sound it was like kind of God, what was the the name of the cloud? It was like sound design, and you had to analyze, like uh, the the production and the the writing of a song, and talk about like how they how they kind of scape the song and mm-hmm. design the sound and how it's written and then how it's recorded and like all of that jazz. So, what song did you do? Um, when the levee breaks. That's a good one. Yeah, yep. That's the one that I, I think I did. I had a couple included in like the big paper that then you had to analyze like in depth one of them. So especially. Yeah. 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 That's the, there's a lot going on in that. Yeah. I like it. Yep. So anyhow. Um, yeah. Peter Frampton. He says that um, in order to foil customs inspectors who boarded with drug sniffing dogs, they would hide their contraband in the dirty stage clothes bag. So yeah, they had all their their tricks. So the oh starship became like at that time it kind of became a symbol of how successful a band was. Like yeah. if you had the starship, you were like you said that level where it's like the shit you could do and just the lifestyle is like unfathomable for people like us, you know. Yeah. It's insane. Um so Led Zeppelin, I guess they had been receiving a lot of bad press. Um, and so they ended up leasing the plane after having bad press to kind of like steer the stories in the public about them in a different direction. So they wanted like okay. the attention from the plane. Um, so their publicist at the time is Danny Goldberg. And he said it was an extremely useful tool because inviting a journalist onto the plane, the story kind of wrote itself. Yeah. So, you know, they would invite people to come on and then. The stories would just be, you know, mostly about the plane and how lavish it was, whatever. So they really became very closely associated, Zeppelin did, with the Starship. And yes, the the picture that they posed for um, became pretty iconic. Bob Groon was the photographer, and that was 1973. And Uh Groon says, the picture sums up the excess and decadence of the 70s. The fact that here are these guys, they don't even have to button their shirts, and they have their own plane. (laughs) They don't even have to take the roll of quarters out of their pants <laughs> for the picture. No. It's crazy. Yeah. So we'll we'll post that picture. I'm sure you guys have seen I'm it. I'm sure you've seen it. It's yeah. a very yeah, iconic. iconic yeah. Yeah. So um, I pulled, I found some, uh, the diaries of uh, Lisa Robinson, who was 
traveling with the band for a bit. Um, and she wrote of some stories of being on the starships and things that happened here in the, the early mid seventies. So she writes, uh, July 24th, 1973 in New York city. So the band's private jet would take them to Pittsburgh from New York. She describes the starship as some plane, like it was some plane, you know, um, she said it was gold and bronze with Led Zeppelin painted on the side. She's the one who she says she persuaded the band to line up alongside the wing for that photo oh, that would good. eventually become, you know, a postcard and beyond. She says that the stewardesses were Wendy, who wore a blue feather boa and whose uncle was Bobby Sherman's manager and Susan, who dressed in maroon and pink. So, okay, very vivid. Um, she, All right. she said the walls of the plane were orange and red. There were circular velvet couches, white leather swivel chairs, a mirror covered bar, the non functioning fireplace, and a white fake fur covered bed in the back room. It, it was the 70s. It was, and now it's stored underground just as a time capsule for anyone to see what the 70s were. It just was the 70s. Do not take a black light to that white fake fur. Like, whatever you do, everyone, 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 if you find a white fake fur <laughs> duvet cover and buried in your backyard, in your grandma's attic, do not, do not, don't um, touch it. Yeah, don't, don't even. Um, Put on your COVID mask yeah. and your hazmat suit. For real. Um, so she says the tour manager, Richard Cole, described the plane as elegant. Um, they said John Paul Jones usually played a quiet game of backgammon. And John Bonham, right. right? John Bonham sat alone in the front a lot. So, um, on January thirty first, nineteen seventy five, they were going from New York to Detroit. Um, so apparently, on the plane, <laughs> Jimmy Page was having a heated discussion with a reporter that was there from the London Daily Express, because the reporter referred to Jimmy Jimmy's guitar playing as a trade. So apparently, oh my God. you know. Uh, and then he had to tell him he's a fucking artist like and... right guitar players you know they have love them but they've got they've just got that thing you know yep. yeah um so during uh john bottom's drum solo that night you know which yeah is a while the other band members went into the dressing room because they can because john bottom um and the reporter tried to follow them but was stopped by the band manager who said the band was having a meeting and the reporter was not allowed to go in. He was apparently enraged by this. Um, he said, I write for 10 million people and I won't have you humili humiliate me in front of a member of oh, my own staff. God. So this member of his own staff was supposedly a blonde woman who was swathed in rabbit fur. So it was like his, you know, his groupie lady. And he's like, you can't shut me out of this meeting. So there's like ego just, oh, I don't even know how they fit oh, all the yeah. ego in the plane. Right. I think they just used it to power the plane. <laughs> they did. They did. It was the most <laughs> eco-friendly plane on earth. Eco-friendly. Yeah. Ego-friendly and eco-friendly. Cause it just ran on the dick measuring competitions that went on. I mean, I can't. So on the way back to the plane in the limo or whatever, the reporter demanded that the radio be turned off in the car. And he was like, after two hours of that Led Zeppelin racket, I can't stand anymore. So he was just, you know, what whatever. The fuck? So they you get Led Zeppelin. 
right? Like you're not above it. So this is this lady's diary, right? So she's remembering the shit. So back on the starship, um, people were kind of whispering in groups of twos and threes, like taking sides and talking about all the drama, whatever. And then Jimmy, who had apparently been huddled under a red blanket, suddenly came to life and got right back into the argument. And he was like, you don't want to know about my music. All you care about is like the grosses and the interior of the plane. You're a communist. So he calls him a communist. God, for like a solid 20 years, calling someone a communist was like an immediate win. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, like Robert Plant at that point, like, kind of defended the reporter is so the legend okay. goes and he's like come on like he writes for this paper like my parents read this this paper it's legit like he's not a communist yeah. and then that just made jimmy page even more pissed so then he started yelling jimmy page started yelling about the way the reporter had voted in the last election and like it got political someone threw a drink at the reporter and then there was like kind of a scuffle um, the reporter got more belligerent and all of a sudden the m- manager, Richard Cole, stood in the aisle holding a gun. Yeah. Now you're on the fucking starship. Everyone's fighting and on, you know, whatever drugs and alcohol. And someone pulls out a gun on a fucking plane. <sighs> and then obviously. Do that <laughs> yeah. No, no. So everyone went silent. Uh, luckily, the band had security. They were off-duty policemen, so they came over. They got next to Richard. And then apparently John Bonham was at his normal spot on the front of the plane. He yelled, for Christ's sake, will you all shut up? I'm trying to get some sleep. So he was just, like, annoyed at the whole thing. And, yeah, apparently the um, security guards were able to secure the situation. But that's Holy the type shit. of – that. those are just a couple of examples of the type of shit that happened on on the starship. Um, yeah, it's like an, an excerpt from Hammer of the Gods. I haven't read that book in oh boy, <coughs> years. Um, <laughs> that's just the kind of shit they did all the time. Like it's just dick measuring, gun whipping garbage <laughs> over like whether guitar is an art or a trade. Shut the fuck up, mm-hmm. right? I know everyone's egos is nuts. So, yeah, so um, that I got most of that information from Vanity Fair and Billboard, a couple articles that I found there. But, um, yeah, I think that we can now add between gigs to our our cate- categories of gig tales. Cause, and, you know, I'm sure, like, we've already gotten some good ones, like I said, from Tom, from Jared. I think he had some yeah. good ones about being in the car and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the road trips, the touring. Um, I think there are probably a lot of good stories kind of mixed in there so that's gotta be where the most of the shit happens probably <laughs> kind of right like yeah yeah a lot of the shit I, yeah we gotta do more of that let's okay. let's ask people if they've ever been on their way to or from and yeah. what the shit has inspired yeah you guys tell <laughs> us i think the most exciting thing that's ever happened on the way to oh i do have a good I do have a good one. Okay. I'll, sh- I'll save that one. I have a, I have a good one, but I was going to say, um, Tom forgot his, I don't, I think we may have talked about this, but Tom forgot his drum throne and we like realized yes. we were halfway there and we had to go to a fucking guitar center because it was but the only was thing it open. Guitar it, center. it wasn't necessarily an iconic one, but it was one that oh. had drum thrones so we could buy in a pinch. So, and then once you were in there, did you get distracted and did you get held up because you were like, Oh, this is so romantic. I yeah we, romantic right we wrote now. a really bad song on the spot um 
yeah so uh that's what we have for you guys this this week um, oh yeah good job that's great i gotta look more up about that also like the 70s were was the absolute height of like rock and roll stardom that oh, yeah. whole yeah like yeah. stars of rock stars that that was their peak mm-hmm. so i'm sure that playing brought some shit i think it was like a perfect storm of like what was happening in society, like what was happening socially, mm-hmm. what was happening in politics, like the lack of restrictions and rules and things, obviously the like, um, <laughs> just the, the, I mean like, like harassment and things and, and like unethical behavior and things like that were still like evolving things that today were like that would never even you would never think of doing that like weren't Mm -hmm. really things that you know they were just normal things back then so it was just a weird a weird time right so and i'm sure that someday somebody will be doing you know future podcast and we'll be thinking about the stuff that happens today and thinking you know the same thing yeah so yeah yeah absolutely yeah so what are you uh, listening to, Terry? So um, I this week I listened to I don't know if you've heard, but Fiona has Fiona Apple put out a new album. No. So she put out a new album. I think it was a couple weeks ago. What is time anymore? Yeah, I don't know. No idea. Though it could have been ten months ago, and I was like a little bit hesitant to check it out, and then I was like, all right, I'll I'll give this a shot, and I put it on. And it is really good. It's very unique. It's very, um, I wouldn't say it's her. And I have to admit, I only know like like her first two records from the like late nineties, early aughts. Yeah. Same. She had another record, I think like 10 years ago and I didn't listen to it, but I'll give it a shot now. Um, so it's much less like, uh, I don't know how to put it. Um, it's very like, oh, wow. This is really hard to describe. (laughs) It is so hard. We really should think about this before we hit record. But I know. We never do. I should have, that's the I, you know what I could have done is I could have come up with two fucking adjectives, but <laughs> time doesn't matter anymore. And I think I, we discussed three days ago we were going to record today, and then I blinked and I was like, oh, it's time to record now. Um, so regardless, check it out. There's like a lot of piano. There's a lot of like her similar instrumentation, but the I guess the direction the songs go, it's very ethereal. It's very like it doesn't go in the direction you think it's going to go in. But I think for me, it's like a masterclass in songwriting of like, how did you come up with this kind of stuff? Like lyrically or sonically or both? Both. Mm. It does not go in any, it doesn't typically, it doesn't follow the typical like verse, verse, chorus, verse, bridge in any way. Okay. Maybe one or two songs kind of do. Mm-hmm. You can definitely pick out like a couple of different you know quote unquote what is a genre genre on there but like oh this is much more this style this is much more that um and then it's it's especially impressive when artists and writers can do that without it sounding like without it being jarring right without it sounding like off-putting or right like to be comfortable with that and then realize like wow wait a minute this isn't like the thing that's normally, you know, that's already my ear is already tuned to and I've heard a thousand times. Like that's yeah. that's delicate. That's hard to do. 
and like the thing of oh I know where this is going to go next if you're singing something and you like know the patterns it's like not necessarily going in that direction Mm. but full warning on this because so I put it on I was by myself I think it was one of the days that Sean was at the office and um, something we have to do around our house is we have to have um, TV music podcast playing at all times. Same. Yes. What is Constant. silence? Silence is not allowed. Not for me. No. Nope. But because if the dogs hear anyone talking outside or walking by, they will, as everyone on this podcast has heard, they will lose their fucking minds. So it's a drown out for <laughs> okay mine is just because I don't like to be alone and I like sounds because I want to feel like I'm with someone or something but I I get it it. admittedly I feel that way too I don't like sitting in silence but if we don't some every now and then we'll be sitting in silence and one of us will look at the other and go uh can you please just put on like the office on tv or something because I think someone's about to start walking down the street and like, it's just going to set off the fucking cacophony of dog barking. Oh my God. Which is probably a lot more now. Right. Cause I think a lot more people are like home and trying to get out and take walks, which is wonderful, yes. but it's probably and a lot more are, foot traffic. People are home a lot more during the day. So they're like getting into cars or like going out in their yards or going for walks or like doing yard work. So there's a lot more like chatter going around. Yeah. So I put on her album I was like, oh, you know what? Uh, it's quiet. I've been I've been wanting to listen to this. I'm going to put it on. And I put it on. And the fucking second track on that album, her dogs are barking on it. So I'm sitting, <laughs> which is the worst of all the sounds they could hear to possibly set them off. <laughs> fucking worst. So you kind of hear a dog bark in the background. And I went, and I thought it was a dog in the neighborhood. So I turned up, I turned it up. And then you start hearing it. It's like, woo, 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 woo. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's on the fucking record. And Hancock, like, pops his <laughs> And Franklin, sitting in a corner somewhere, just lifts his head and, moo. And I'm like, so the very thing I did to stop them from barking, started them barking. And then once it's done, it's done. It's like, yeah. So I had to, I finally, I can't remember how far into the song I was of the barking when I realized, oh, this is on the fucking album. Oh but like. It's like sirens, like when people when people have like sirens, police yeah. sirens and songs and you're listening while you're driving and you think you're getting pulled over. I've worst. been saying for years they should create a remember what was that stupid webs uh the joke one in the early two thousands? It was like Mr. Skin, we document every moment in every movie or TV show where you see nudity. Yes. Okay, right. I need that, but for TV shows when someone knocks on a door or rings a doorbell. Yeah. You can just look it up and know if your dogs are going to bark. But yeah, they should be like um, warnings, like <laughs> at the beginning, like it's like MA thirteen or whatever, and like yeah, dog triggers. Um, yeah, we do have to. Uh, oh, and actually, I'll recommend this too. Something we are absolutely fucking required to look at in my house before we watch any TV show or movie is DoesTheDogDie.com, <laughs> and it tells that's awesome. That- cats and horses and everything else as well is there any animal abuse like is an animal sad for a minute like is an animal crushed? i'm not even joking it's all in there so look that's it up. amazing but, but as a whole fiona apple's new album um fetch the bolt cutter is very good i recommend it skip track too if you have annoying dogs but other than that you're good i love how you brought that for full circle yeah really well done well done um i have been 
uh, binging, I came across um, a YouTube series that started years and years ago that I just somehow never came across my radar. But it's called Breaking Down the Riffs with Natalie mm. Weiss. So Natalie is um, a Broadway actress, singer. She's a vocal coach. She's a, she, she's a talented lady. with her. She can do things with her voice. She's pretty amazing. Um, and notoriously, she can like... she. She can move her voice very quickly, so she's a very good riffer. Um, so she takes oh, like melismas. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so, she'll take pop songs, famous like riffs in pop songs and stuff that like people send in and ask her to break to break them down. So she'll she has a guest on, and you know a lot of the times it's like it, it's her friends from you know she's toured Les Mis and like different stuff. So a lot of times it's like her friends from the cast or whatever they are because they're usually like on the road and stuff. Um, so she'll, she'll have broken down the riff, like to very slowly note by note by note. And then she teaches it to the person and then they like speed it up and they're doing it on like a number system at first. And then she'll move it to like does or Oz or whatever, and then speed it up and then listen to the original. And she gets the person to a point where like they can do the riff, which is pretty cool. And she's in, you know, she's just really good and can do them and, it's she's funny like the editing they're short videos like 15 minutes max a lot of them are less than that um so whenever i'm just like getting too into like work or just like into reading articles on coronavirus or whatever i'm just like i need a quick break i like throw on i can do a quick little breaking down the riffs video and they're fun and you can like you can do you can sing along with it and learn along with it or you can just like listen to them them. so it's it's kind of cool and at first so she uses like a number system that she kind of like she so she she'll use like one two one two one or one two three whatever but she's not using like like intervals like she's not using like solfege like type intervals like her her one isn't dough her like you know what i mean so at first like the first two videos it was like really bothering me and i was like i don't I can't, but now I actually like really like it and I've gotten used to it and I can see like how easy it makes it for, for people. Because even people who use fixed dough Mm -hmm. will like at first they're like, this is so fucking stupid. But then over time they're like, I got used to it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're all stupid if you like fixed dough. (laughs) Yeah. Also have a kid. (laughs) Hashtag movable dough. Um, so yeah, so they're fun and like, you know, even Tom likes to watch them once in a while. Like they're, if they're not like a singer or whatever, they're still, it's still just cool to see that stuff kind of broken down and she's just phenomenal and she's funny. She's been doing a lot of like Instagram live things with lots of like famous Broadway people that are coming on as guests into her Insta live things and she does like live coachings and stuff like that. So I guess I'm recommending Natalie Weiss uh, overall, but specifically breaking down the riffs. So. writing it down yeah so yeah the uh a good one to start the one that sucked me in so the episodes are named by like the pop song and artist or whatever the one that mm-hmm. that sucked me in was tori kelly's version of pyt so they she did a riff from tori kelly's cover of pyt so that was one that sucked me in if you want to start there but yeah like a vocal riff like yes yeah yeah like a crazy ass run it's like hers is like a weird ascending one that's like i don't know oh, ascending okay. ones are just so hard anyway yeah so all right yep so i guess that's it i guess that's it 
Here we are. How do we end this without physical social cues? How do we know it? I know. I can't tell. I'm, I, yeah. Well, I think we say this. If you like what you heard, (laughs) tell a friend, preferably one with money to sponsor us or a business that wants to sponsor us. If you know the maker of mini muffins, please. If you know John C. Riley, if he's your friend, (laughs) tell your friends if you like what you heard. Paul Rudd. And if you didn't like what you heard, tell your enemy who maybe Paul Rudd is your enemy. Who, maybe who, is, who could have Paul Rudd as an enemy? There's got to be one. There, you can't. You can't maybe you him. got into a feud with Jimmy Page on a plane in the 70s. <laughs> Let us know. That's you. And you have his bank account number and you want to start sponsoring <laughs> podcasts. Just anonymously, illegally sponsoring podcasts. And as uh, always, yes. Keep keep gigging remotely. <laughs> Bye. Bye.